This next round podcast is presented by Roback Activewear. From performance polos to the performance hoodies and the performance Q-Zips, Roback is the best fit and the best fill. Use code TNR20 at Roback.com for 20% off your first order. That's R-H-O-B-A-C-K.com. 20% off all polos, hoodies, and Q-Zips with the code TNR20. And make sure to check out the Roback print polos. They have you feeling good all year round. a.m. Central Time, coast to coast in America. You can't do a morning show without a cup of next round coffee. We got that going here. Tom Luganbill joins us on the road every Monday morning live as we use his brain now to break down what we saw in week zero. Lugs, we've got an FBS win for Jack State finally. We've got UMass is not the worst team in America after all. And then we've got a couple of Heisman candidates. But first, good morning, man, and welcome to the platform. It's Monday morning live. Good morning, brother. It is uh, really good to see you. It's really good to be with you, and it was really, really good to see college football this past weekend, Matt. Uh, it, w- it was fantastic, and uh, everything on this platform today brought to you by our friends at MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag, and we'll jump right into something you called. You said no way USC covers against San Jose State. There were big moments for USC but that defense looked familiar. Let's start right there. USC beat San Jose State 56-28, but 28's the number that pops out to me. Talk to me about what you saw first with USC's defense. Yeah, you kind of feel like you would have you'd been a lot better off if it was 63 to 3 and then it ends up, you know, you, you sit there and you go, but what if they scored 24-28? Now you're going, "Oh boy, here we go again." And really, it's exactly what happened. And I wasn't surprised by it at all, Jim. I really wasn't. I, they don't have very good players on defense. And, and that San Jose State team, uh, to give them credit, number one, they're a well-coached team, and they actually got some pretty good players. They're a quality group of five team. Um, so it didn't surprise me that they were able to score, but it was still some of the same issues, right? I mean, and again, because nobody gets the Pac-12 network, I had to go on my, my – uh, my film thingy that we have uh, through ESPN and actually watch the coaches film on it to see a little bit of it, but lack of an ability to tackle um, out of position. Uh, and they're just, they're a team in my opinion, Jim, that is just way too unbalanced. They are so heavily reliant on the offense. And it was like that at Oklahoma too, man. I mean, it's like, at some point or another, there's going to have to be some give and take here where an emphasis on that side of the ball has to be a, a priority because here's what's going to happen to them. And it's not just them, um, but it's going to happen to them because of the defense. Like I said, there's no way they're going to be plus 22 again. All right. In turnover margin. Right. That's not happening. All right. So they're going to get into a lot of one possession games. They're going to get into a lot of games that come down to who has the ball last. Now, they've got the best player in college football and offense, which is great if they have the ball last, but they may not. And so that's the type of football they're going to play each and every week. And when they play a Utah, okay, or they get matched up against somebody that can create some challenges for them, 
where where do they show up on that side of the ball? Because again, it's just completely unbalanced to the offense. Yeah. Okay. But first, Lugs, uh, Chris H jumps in. He says, "I watched the entire game. That defense doesn't look good at all. Lincoln Riley has no commitment to defense. But you know, I followed all off season. They they get a big guy from Georgia. They did some portal stuff. You know the game better than anybody. You yeah. tell me, did they bring in?" talent is there talent on that defense or is there lack of uh, enough talent on that defense or is it it can't be schemes tell me what's not working here because is, isn't it bear alexander i mean what a great name isn't he there what where's yeah. where's the disconnect um well bear alexander is very talented but bear alexander is also a player that transferred three times in high school <laughs> and then transfers after being on campus for less than a year from from georgia or maybe a little over a year and so, okay, yeah, he's a good player, but what, what what's missing there, right? Mason Cobb out of Oklahoma State, really, really good tackler, middle linebacker guy. Uh, I don't know if he's an elite-level athlete. Um, and, yes, they brought in bodies, but did they bring in difference makers? And the problem is, is there weren't a lot of difference makers in the transfer portal. If there was one really distinct guy that I saw in the transfer portal on defense that I said, oh, this guy's a problem, he's disruptive, it was Dason McCullough from Indiana, and he went to Oklahoma. And, and Oklahoma has the same problems as C does. They got to find better players on defense. Um, and I think through recruiting, Oklahoma found better players on the defensive front and in the transfer portal than USC did as of now. So, um, yeah, they brought in people. But as I, I shared with you last week, when I was preparing our game last year versus Cal, and I'm looking at their two dudes. I really felt like they had two players on defense that were NFL, NFL caliber players. Bullock, the safety, who I think is a really, really good player. And then the defensive end that's now under the NFL, Tui Pelotu, I, I believe is his name, was the other one. Aside from that, that's not the SC that we all have grown up with seeing with dominant football teams. That's not who they are right now on defense. Okay, mybookie.ag brings you Monday Morning Live every day. Tom Luganbill is the guy who's the star of this show. We're here live with you all the way uh, for one hour. So we're here until the top of the hour. We're live. Your comments are rolling in. NH3425, since Lincoln Riley's been a head coach, his defense has finished under the top 50 in total defense uh, every year except one. The rest have been 50 or higher. So, um, so hey, just one time he's had a, a leading up defense, and that was the, the COVID year. Uh, we'll get to the offense in just a second. But we know what the Pac-12 is going to provide quarterbacks. And listen, the San Jose State, State team, they were, they were not bad last year, which is the reason why I think no. you, you played San Jose State. Uh, not that you bet on the game, but you said, hey, USC will not cover. And you know, a lot of people were like, USC is going to cover this game. New defense, they're going to cover this. You said last week, no, you think San Jose State keeps this respectable. And it was a game at halftime. And the reason you yeah. thought that was because they got a playmaker at quarterback. But they're, this USC team, if that was a good – if that was a good quarterback, they're going to play great quarterbacks this year. Yeah, <laughs> they are, man. I mean, unfortunately, because of everything that's happened with this, the dismantling of the Pac-12, it, it, we've glossed over what we would normally be doing in July and August, and that's previewing teams, right, previewing conferences. And the bottom line, it's the best conference in America at the quarterback position. And, and we don't even mention Cameron Ward at Washington State. Jaden DeLara at Arizona. We lost those guys over too. We're always focused on Bo Nix and, you know, we're focused on 
Cam Rising and Caleb Williams and Michael Penix, and, and, and I get that. And, you know, we still don't know what's going to happen with DJ Uyunglele at Oregon State because I think that team at, at, at Oregon State is, if the quarterback plays well, they could easily win 11 games. I think they're a 10-win team. They will upset, I think, at least one or two teams on their schedule that everybody says they're not supposed to beat, but they will, and that's just what they do. Um, so for me, I think the conference, and again, this is what makes that conference so different. And the and the and the and the Big Twelve is a little similar to it in this in this same fashion. But all of those teams have some of the same deficiencies, right? They're heavily loaded on offense, not built from the inside out on defense, except for Utah. Utah is that's why they're a different animal in that conference. But they're all going to go into each and every game, and like it would be to me if you're gonna if you're gonna lay bets and you're gonna gamble on that league. I would stay away from it, man, outside of maybe over-unders, because I think you're going to see a bunch of one-position games, uh, possession games, and you're going to see them go down to the wire, and it's going to make for great college football, but it's also going to make for a conference that's really, really hard to project. We'll react more to Week Zero as we move throughout the hour and give a full look into what's coming up Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday as we get knee-deep into the college football season. It's Monday morning live presented by our friends at MyBookie. Football is back and so is winning at MyBookie. NFL college football and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win right now all season long. The first two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. That's what you get at MyBookie.ag. You control the action. Get started. Go to MyBookie.ag now and register for an account free. When you're ready to make your first deposit that first deposit just use the promo code next round to grab a welcome bonus on the house that's a promo code next round to claim your deposit bonus and for a limited time a free chip to use in the my bookie casino you can bet anything anytime anywhere only with my bookie my bookie.ag there was offense in this game we don't want to make it look like gloom and doom lugs with this usc team i mean all you need is a fumbled snap being dribbled back there like a laker in los angeles and then caleb williams picks it up and magic johnson's a dime for a touchdown i don't i don't know if he's going to win the heisman but we always talk about heisman moments let's start with a this cue turned into a touchdown. That was a heck of a play. Do you remember what I called him last week when we tested this show out? Yes. A magician. Yes. The guy is a magician. And he's got eyes in the back of his head. He might be the most instinctive quarterback I've seen in years. Just oozing instincts and a natural feel for the game. And by the way, how about Zachariah Branch? Holy smokes, is this freshman going to be special? Mm. Um, I had him on my All-American team that we had to do for ESPN.com a couple of weeks ago. He was maybe the fastest player in all of high school football a year ago. But when you watched him on that kick return and then obviously on the touchdown reception, he is lightning in a bottle. So it looks like offensively with Dorian Singer coming over from the transfer portal uh, from Arizona, Zach Branch, and then obviously – They've gotten better around Caleb Williams, which is really scary because he in and of himself makes everybody better. Yeah, let me let me tell you, the, at, at your All-Star game, uh, in the postgame, he, 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 he talked about your All-Star game. Uh, he said, I ran a 4-3-8 there in the 40 and a 10-3-100. Uh, yep. I, think, I think he hit the 10-3 uh, on Saturday oh. again, don't you, with pads on. 
Dude, his mile per hour was something else. I mean, he went from zero to 60 in a blink of an eye, man. And I mean, I, he, whatever he lacks, and I remember last year in recruiting because we were debating on whether we should have him as our number one ranked overall receiver because he just, he doesn't meet a measurable standard. He's, he's vastly undersized, right? And then you start to look at him and you're like, and you start to see like Tavon Austin, right? And you see guys like that and you're like, you know what? It might not matter. With this guy, it just might not matter. How are you going to get a clean shot on him? How are you going to get a direct hit on him? And if he gets into the open field, it's over. I don't care how tall he is. And so uh, I think we saw that Saturday. It was a lot of fun. He might he might end up being a, not only a freshman All-American, but if he stays healthy, like he could catch 80 balls for them. I mean, he, he could have multiple returns for touchdowns and, and big yardage as a return guy too. Okay, I want your reaction. Uh, this is all about uh, your big picture thoughts on the weekend. This whole show is built around your thoughts on the weekend and our viewers and listeners' opportunity to jump in. Uh, you can watch yeah. this every day. A lot of you are in the car driving in, listening to us on TuneIn Live or on the Next Round app live or wherever you get us on audio. This will be podcasted right afterwards. But some of you are dealing with rain here in central Alabama and you're driving. We won't do traffic on the A or weather on the eights or any of that but we will keep you comfortable in traffic on your drive in and uh don't forget the next round starts live with the guys uh joining me here in studio studio a at 9 a.m central time we will have the nick saban and hugh freeze news conferences in the 12 o'clock hour we'll do something we're calling overtime later today for that um but here's some reaction uh, from the monday morning live chat room um goose writes in Riley is not an elite coach, handed a championship-ready program, never got it over the hump, called an offensive guru, but played in the two conferences with tissue paper defenses. React to that. How how does Lincoln Riley stack up to you as a head coach, not an offensive coordinator, but as a head coach? Listen, the guy has won an awful lot of games, a lot of games, but they've lost big games. And generally when they've lost big games, the common denominator has been they don't stack up on the defensive side of the ball and the people that they're playing just outman them. And I think you can look at the semifinal games of the college football playoff and it reveals that. Um, As an overall head coach, I just think there has to be some, as I said earlier, there's got to be some balance. There has to be a shift in priority for Because it's not, I mean, he can step back. I know he sees it, right? He can step back and look at Alabama and look at Ohio State or look at a Clemson, and his eyes will tell him he doesn't have those guys on defense, right? And and that's why you can't win a playoff game because when you get to that level of that Final Four, all of those guys are built like that, right? And so that has to shift. That has to change. And – can it get you through the Pac-12 if you have an elite player at quarterback and you and you have really good offensive players? Yeah, it probably can because they're they're really you, you're going to struggle with Utah and they've struggled with Utah. You maybe struggle struggle with Oregon. Oregon's got some guys on defense, um, but yeah, I, I I think that it's been neglected. Let's just say that I don't. Am I going to sit here and say that I think Lincoln Riley's not a good football coach? Absolutely not. In fact, I think he's the premier play caller in all of college football when it comes to – I talked about instincts at the quarterback position. He's an instinctive play caller. Uh, I just think that's only going to get them so far. And I, and, and I think that's a fair statement. Um, 
and, and, and we'll and we'll see what happens. And like I've said, not just about SC, but about the Pac-12. Like I, I think there are legitimately four teams that can make the college football playoff in the Pac-12. I don't think there's one of the four that could win a playoff game. Yeah, and, and that speaks volume. Uh, and not that it matters to uh, Lincoln Riley because coaches I don't think care about this. Most coaches, I should say, don't care about this. But Grant writes in, against the spread, Lincoln Riley teams are now 39-38-1, and one, um, which makes them very, very hard to place a bet at mybookie.ag on there. So yeah. uh, it's a great stat, oh, Grant. Uh, yeah, great stat. Hey, if you want uh, next round coffee, uh, we're, we're going to ship some to Luke's if he's already drank some of his last shipment there. You can get that. We partnered with the folks at Who Is Coffee to actually create. Scott Forster just walked in. He's uh, in charge of our video content. He and Kelsey and our sales department and myself are the coffee drinkers up here. We sort of got together, kept doing taste tests over and over and <laughs> over and came up with the next round blend our pictures are on the back uh you can get it light medium or dark roast arabica beans special coffee roasted on demand as well you can get the whole beans or the ground the drip pods espresso and all that all you have to do is go to whoiscoffee.com pages the next round or just the easiest way just go next round dot store next round dot store <laughs> and we've got a link for you there pre-order today it's what's in our cup on monday morning live now brett a great truck driver in america he's out on the road makes a great point here i don't know if it's true or not but it's another <laughs> it's a transition into another game we saw this weekend but i okay. think you will get a lot of this lugan bill today around america and it started on Saturday afternoon. Sam Hartman, love. Sam Hartman for the Heisman. Ooh, Notre Dame's going to be good. And Brett writes in, Sam Hartman would, will carve up that SEC defense, that USC defense here. I'm looking. That's an October game this year because it's in South Bend, USC in South Bend. Let's go to Notre Dame. Uh, they're over in Ireland. It was a snoozer of a game, 42-3. to Navy didn't put up much of a fight. But Sam Hartman throws four touchdowns. And all due respect to Wake Forest, Sam Hartman's on a big stage now because of that Golden Dome helmet. And my goodness, yeah. he looked good. Yeah, let me tell you something. If I'm SC, I'm more worried about Notre Dame's offensive line and those two running backs they got because I don't know how SC's going to stop the run off of uh, off of what we've seen so far. Listen, I, I, and I don't want to take anything away from Notre Dame here. Notre Dame did look good, but good Lord, were, was Navy outmanned. I mean, that was varsity versus JV, right? Yeah. And, and I want to, I think oftentimes off of a week zero or a week one, right, we, we come off and we make these these huge uh, knee-jerk reactions sometimes to things that we see. I, I think Notre Dame is really good in the offensive line. Like I said, I think the running back position is strong. They're going to be a run-heavy oriented football team. I don't think they have great skill on the perimeter. I don't know if they have a bunch of guys that are just difference makers in, in the passing game. Um, but the quarterback, I don't know why anybody should be surprised by that. And maybe it's just because you didn't have a chance. You knew he played a lot of football, but maybe you didn't watch a lot of Wake Forest games. Uh, but that guy's a player, man. I mean, he's he's a lot. He's kind of kind of reminds me of Chase Daniel, Colt McCoy, you know that type that type of guy. I thought he did all of the little things right. But again, I mean, that was against a football team that just couldn't compete. So let's step back and just maybe wait to watch them a little bit more against somebody that's really, really good. And again, this coming week, we're going to have week one games and everybody's going to be all fired up and they're going to tout this team and tout that team. 
And I always, when that happens, I always point to 2014, the second game of the year, Virginia Tech goes up to Ohio State and dismantles the Buckeyes in the horseshoe. And the reason why I remember it so vividly is, and, and I remember watching Ohio State going, what has happened to Ohio State in the offensive line? The next week, our crew has Virginia Tech at home against East Carolina, offensive coordinators Lincoln Riley, and East Carolina beats Virginia Tech. Wow. Fast forward to the end of the season, and Ohio State wins the national championship. So what we see in the first week, two, three weeks sometimes, isn't always how teams are going to play it out throughout the course of the season. And, again, not taking away from Notre Dame. They were prepared. They were ready. Oh, by the way, Jim, did you notice that that wasn't this whole educational let's learn about the, the history of Europe and let's take our team over there for a week leading up to the game? Uh-uh. Marcus Freeman was like, we're flying in, we're playing a game, we're flying out. Like, this is a business trip. I mean, he had those guys ready. It, it, it wasn't a business trip for those 30,000 Notre Dame fans that made the uh, trip. Uh, <laughs> I, have a, I have a friend who's an Irish fan, and he said they tried to drink the country dry. Uh, they, Good it, luck in that country. Uh, he's been to bowl games. He's been to uh, L.A. for the rivalry <laughs> game with USC. Uh, he says he's never seen a party like the Notre Dame fans put on over in Dublin this time around. He did not make the other trip when Notre Dame went over there, but this was his first yeah. time with Notre Dame over there, and he <laughs> said it was a it was a Catholic Mardi Gras, whatever that is. Oh, I bet. <laughs> so that is unbelievable for Notre Dame to get off to a good start. My wife, and this yep. is just a gut reaction, she's walking through my sports room right when they're celebrating, and Sam Hartman's running with the rivalry uh, trophy, the shillelagh, and, uh, and, and, and she's like, oh, my goodness. That's a good-looking young man there. Uh, he's got the looks too. If he, if he, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that from people. It's all. It's like, ooh, that's a strong beard. Ooh, yeah. I love his hair. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. She was like, and, uh, it's, it's right, man. He's got everybody captivated. If he's not capitalizing on name, image, and likeness just off of his face, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I, I, I will tell you this: that uh, she said, uh, uh, she she said. Now she's in divinity school. Now she goes. <laughs> I do picture young Jesus looking exactly like Sam <laughs> Sam Hartman there. And I was like, okay, I, I can By see. By the way, that. what's a sports room? You have a sports room? What is that? Yeah, it's it's where all my all my TVs are set up. Uh, we're in a townhome oh. now, so my I was I had the lower gym for years, uh, and I had my five TVs set up. So I'm at three TVs oh. right now. We're in a transitional townhome, empty nesters yeah. now for the first time ever. We're we're oh, figuring out what we're going to do. We're waiting until the interest rates hit a full eight before we jump back into the housing market um more before we, we got one break on this show that's all we do one break that's coming up in about five minutes uh we do want to thank mybookie.ag providing us limitless uh um, very few commercial breaks i am limited commercial breaks thanks to mybookie.ag you can jump into the game we'll do that one other thing i want to get to before we take our first breaks and we appreciate the hundreds of you who have jumped in live watching us on the first show here and the countless numbers who've got the audio play going as you drive to work or taking the kids to school this morning i was concerned about the new clock rule and I was told it was going to cost teams five to eight plays. Um, you know, and I was all in on watching the Jack State game. I, I watched a, a little bit or all of every game on all my TVs. 
And okay. uh, I, I don't like it. I don't know why we're doing it. But to be honest with you, I didn't really see a big change in it all. It did no. seem like first quarters went really quick. But by the end of the game, I didn't really notice it a lot. Maybe I will when the game is a little more important than the ones we had week zero. But I want your thoughts on the new clock rule. And did you notice Did you notice it? Did you notice a difference? Didn't notice it at all. In fact, if you hadn't brought it up this morning, I wouldn't have thought about it all week probably. And, um, I mean, listen, I, there needs to be some speeding up of the game. The, 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 Games should not be taking three and a half hours, three hours and 40 minutes. And and a lot of, I, listen, I think there's more they could do. I don't think every single play needs to be reviewed. I think we waste a lot of time on that uh, as well. I, um, but I, I do think that um, it, it could it take away a few plays here and there. Yeah, maybe, but for what most everybody's doing now as an up-tempo offense or changing the pace of the offense, you're always going to try and outpace the, the, the clock, e- even if you didn't have the, the new rule. That's just kind of the mentality of offensive football now, right? Right. So uh, I, I love the rule, uh, and, I, and I love how it preserves the last two minutes of, of each half. I think that part is important because you do want to be able to salvage every ounce of that clock that, that you can. But I didn't, I didn't even come away thinking about it. I'm serious. I, if you had to mention it, I don't even know if I thought about it. This yeah, weekend. and it was so different in baseball because it changed the game of baseball, the viewing experience, tremendously. And now I don't even notice that anymore, and it made it better. Um, I don't like so it. So went it went from watching grass grow to watching grass grow faster? That's right. That's right. But it, it was, oh, okay. it was more, it's more entertaining to watch the game now. Uh, this yeah. one I didn't notice as much as I thought. And, you know, Rich Rod at Jack State, and we'll talk all about their win in the next segment. But Rich Rod loves to go fast, and I was worried about those type teams, like, uh, you know, Josh Heupel in Tennessee, those type teams, uh, maybe Hugh Freeze at Auburn. But it, it, I just didn't notice it, so we'll see how it impacts uh, when we get to crucial, you know, evenly matched teams, maybe a few of those this weekend uh, to see if it impacts that. One more thing before we hit that break. Uh, after I tell you about our friends at Way to Wellness, you can do it uh, right now. Jump on Way to Wellness by going to their website at planforme.com, a planforme.com, and they will help you jumpstart your weight loss. Maybe you're getting a little older, you got a little blood pressure issue, cholesterol problem, uh, their plans help with that as well. Leslie and her board-certified team, all you have to do is go to the website, aplanforme.com, aplanforme.com. Every plan is designed specifically specifically for you. No cookie-cutter plan. Uh, the program is overseen by board-certified professionals. There's no contracts. There's no sign-up fees, and you get a consultation absolutely free because you're watching more Monday Morning Live, so a free consultation. So you get to learn about the plan before any out-of-pocket money it's a plan for me.com a plan for me.com way to wellness your journey to healthy living the one other thing i wanted to bring up uh before we go to break here i'm a big dusty and danny guy on my drive to work truthfully <laughs> i'm usually driving to work because you asked one of your gigs is serious xm you're an espn guy yeah. you're a serious xm guy and now you're with us here every monday morning and the uh the spitting lugs with Lance and Ball with Ryan Brown, the podcast throughout the week. So you have a lot of jobs, but I'm a Dusty and Danny guy. I thought they started 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, but they were on when I was coming in. I was excited. Sun wasn't up, but Dusty and Danny was. And then I heard Dusty uh, say, say, on the hoof. I, I thought it was off the hoof, uh, but it's on the hoof. The, on, the first time I ever heard that saying 
was uh-huh. was out in um, Pasadena, 2010, yeah. 2009 National Championship game, Alabama and Texas. You joined us on the show, and you said, man, you look at Texas uh, getting off the bus, you look at Alabama getting off the bus, and on the hoof, Alabama's a much better team just with the eye test than Texas. And that surprised me because I always saw Texas football, da 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 And that was the first time I thought, man, Alabama may win this game. They may, they may, be, they may be national championship. So on I the, convinced you with on the hoof. On the hoof. So I heard Dusty <laughs> say it. You and Dusty have been together. Did Dusty get yeah. Did Dusty get that from you on the times y'all have done broadcast, or is that a Midwestern thing, explain to me on the hoof. It's it's just a coaching thing, right? You know, it's 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 obviously it comes from uh, horse racing, and you you know you go out, and you you look at them on the hoof, see what they look like, and do they look good, or they not look good? What do they look like physically? You know, people people talk about the eye test, and I think they disregard it more than they should. I'll, <laughs> I remember. I, I say this, I remember the 2012 Notre Dame in Alabama BCS National Championship, and Herman Meyer is standing on the field, and I'm over there, and I'm, I'm listening to him, and, he, and we're like right at midfield, and he looks at Alabama, and he, he looks at Notre Dame, and he goes, that team's going to beat that team by about 30 points tonight. <laughs> and it was nothing but just looking at their body types, right? You're out there, you're in the barn, Checking them out, what do they look like on the hoof, and it was a different animal. And and, and I'll tell you, um, Jim Moore Jr. did the exact same thing at the 2019 National Championship at Santa Clara, Clemson, Alabama, and I'm standing there talking with him, and he goes, "Dude, there ain't anybody in the Pac-12 that looks like these two teams. <laughs> Nobody." And uh, and it was true. They're, they're, it's just it's it's a different animal. Uh, here's what's still to come on Monday Morning Live presented by our friends at MyBookie.ag. Uh, Auburn's game, their opener, all of a sudden doesn't look quite as easy as it did after week one. Uh, not that Auburn's in, in jeopardy of an upset, but we'll talk about what UMass brings to Jordan-Hare Stadium. The SEC got started. Lugs' take on Vandy's win this past weekend. We'll celebrate with Rich Rod, who's back in football. And then a couple of other big college football headlines all to go as we go to the top of the hour. It's brought to you by our friends at mybookie.ag and also by Blakely's Bouquets. Order online at blakelysbouquets.com blakelybouquets.com over the phone 205-579-4900 or you can do it in person at their full service flower shop on Oxmoor Road right in downtown Homewood, Alabama. Blakely's Bouquets for weddings, birthdays, special occasions, funerals. It doesn't matter when it comes to flowers or gifts. Blakely's Bouquets does it for you. Blake BlakeleysBouquets.com. BlakeleysBouquets.com. You're up early. It's Monday morning live right here on the Disrupt Media platform. Pete Thamels with Lugan Bills Company, ESPN. He is reporting this morning that sources after a weekend of conversation continue to push towards the ACC adding Stanford, Cal, and SMU. ACC officials are working on gathering presidents and chancellors on a call. They're the ones that would actually make the decision, but they're not going to get those people on the phone, Lugs, unless they've all decided that, uh, hey, this is where we're going to go. So if the phone call happens, I think the vote will pass. Um, and um, all this is happening 
because Stanford and Cal is going to take very little money, and SMU is not going to take any of the ACC money, and it, and it, kick, and it kicks in uh, a clause in the contract to sort of feed Florida State and Clemson and North Carolina a few extra dollars. Uh, but there's still that gap that's growing. I, I don't, I don't, all the expansion, I, I got used quickly to Texas and Oklahoma because of the map. I'm sort of now excited yeah. about USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington and the new Big 12. This one, this one may be a bridge too far for me, adding Cal and Stanford because they don't do a lot for me. Yeah, I, I know I'm with you. And, uh, you know, financially, I look at it like, how are they, is that making you any money? What is this? What, what does this move the needle at all? Um, so, but this is the world we're living in, right? You know, we, we kind of talk about it. It's musical chairs and you don't want to be left without one when the music stops. And that's why everybody's jockeying for position. That's why, you know, I thought George Klyovkov at the Pac-12 was just so outclassed by Brett Yormark um, in the Big 12. And, you know, he had this, Klyovkov had this, you know, everything is sunshine and rainbows. We have solidarity and trust and loyalty amongst our member institutions. No, you don't. That doesn't exist. This is about survival. This is about making sure that you are you are in a position to be there, be in the market, be in the sport. I mean, what in the world are Washington State and Oregon State going to do? I mean, you're going to go from you're going to you're going to potentially join the Mountain West, go from making thirty million dollars a year on a television contract to five. How are you supposed to survive that? You know, and so. Uh, and, and everybody else saw it except for the commission. And it was, I think, the one lesson to be learned in all of this, Jim, and this is where I think Jim Phillips at the ACC does have uh, uh, some positives, and that is, number one, Brett Yormark was so, so smart on the television side because he never let the contract go to market. And that's where the Pac-12 really, I think, created some problems for themselves. And then the ACC doesn't have to worry about anything contract-wise or conference-wise until 2036. There's, there, that's not all negative. I mean, there, yeah, is the gap widening with some, with, with, with some conferences? Yeah, the Big Ten and the SEC. Okay, well, everybody else is kind of in the same boat. But at least you do have some stability in the term of your contract for now while you can manage and massage these things. And if Florida State doesn't like it, again, going back to all of this talk about the Seminoles, Okay, pay us your $120 million, and then we'll drag you through court for about another three to $400 million while you try to fight the grant of rights. And, oh, by the way, you actually don't have a place to go. Yeah. So it's like right now, just hang tight. Hang in there right now. Back to the games we go. Brought to you by MyBookie.ag, title sponsor of Monday Morning Live. He's Tom Lugan, Bill. And um, football season's back, and so is winning season with MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand-new cash-out system gives you an option to bet and win all season long. First two legs of a parlay hit. But you don't feel good about the third one? Cash out early and use the funds on another bet or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag. That's where you go to register for an account free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use the promo code NEXTROUND to grab a welcome bonus on the house. 
That's a promo code next round to claim your deposit and for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie, mybookie.ag. All right, Lugs, let's get to some more games on the field as everyone's driving into work or school or getting ready to get back to it, counting down to Thursday night. We're all excited about Florida and Utah. We'll have a little thought on that before we're done here this half hour. But first off, UMass is coming to Jordan-Hare Stadium this week. 2.30 in the heat down at Jordan-Hare Stadium, even though we do have a cooling spell moving to the south, which means it's not going to feel like 130 like it, did, yeah, like it did at the Jack State game. But UMass wins a road opener for the first time since 1973. I mean, that's back when the <laughs> Eagles were good, right? And on the charts. Their, their first road win, to, or their first win to start the season since 2018, they come 1-0 and to Jordan-Hare Stadium. And listen, I had them pegged as the worst team in college football. Don Brown was at Michigan for a while. That guy coached, oh, yeah. coached his butt off on Saturday. That defense didn't look too bad against New Mexico State. What do you think of what UMass did to New Mexico State this weekend? Obviously, Auburn without Classum this weekend, though, right? Yeah. First of all, if you beat the fighting Jerry Kills, you're doing something right because that guy is a really good football coach and he got New Mexico State competitive quickly. But I'm going to go back to something that I, I think I shared with you guys years and years ago. You, you know my, my four stats that matter? And I'm not a big statistics guy, right? But I do think there are four there are four statistics in the game of football that are pretty predictive when it comes to outcomes. And that is third down conversion rate, Average yards per pass attempt, rush attempts, not rush yards, rush attempts per game, and turnover margin. You win three of those four or four of those four, you're not losing the game, all right? UMass won three of the four, all right? Yeah. And they did not turn the ball over. They did all of the little things right. So uh, three turnovers from New Mexico State, zero from UMass. They had a whopping 11.3 yards per pass attempt, which is a, a really good reflection of explosive plays. Well, we hear coaches talking about limiting explosive plays and manufacturing explosive plays. So they do a great, great job there. And their, their ability on, they were just better on third down and, and they weren't great on third down, but they were better than the other team. And so it, it really kind of plays out that way. And to be honest with you, when you look at the UTEP and Jacksonville State game, it was the exact same thing. Jacksonville State, almost 50% on third down conversion rate. Um, they did not turn the ball over. So the two teams that lost in those two games had a combined six turnovers, and the two teams that won had zero. Yeah, and that's amazing. To Jack State, Rich Rod uh, does what Rich Rod does. Uh, he did it at West yeah. Virginia. It was always a bad fit at Michigan. He did it at Arizona. He goes up tempo. He he won the game in, in Jack State's first FBS game ever in front of almost 20,000 fans, and I wasn't joking. It felt like 130 on the field. It felt like 109 just to the fans who braved that game in a late afternoon in August in Alabama. 17-14 over UTEP. You mentioned the three turn 
turnovers. But usually when you think of Rich Rod Lugs, you think of, of, of a great quarterback play like Pat White. Zion Webb was oh. 10 of 20 for 67 yards. He didn't run the ball as, as great as I expected him to. He was a big play for me on daily fantasy. But they won the game because they were headhunters on defense, man. Rich Rod's yeah. team. I mean, you complain about Lincoln Riley if you want to. He's, he doesn't show a commitment to defense. Rich Rod's known as a great offensive mind, but his defensive guys got after it at Jack State this weekend. They did. The moment wasn't too big for him. I think they were just they're so excited. Welcome to FBS football, right? Like, they're so excited to be a member now. Like, I mean, you're, you're just in a different world, and they went through that transitional season a year ago, and like, I, I just think that there was a level of excitement there that you know, UTEP you know, and, and, and UTEP's come around a little bit. They've gotten better over the last couple of years. And that used to be one of the worst programs in college football. And uh, I just think they kind of ran into a bit of a hornet's nest. But but you're right. It, it wasn't pretty at times, but you do all the little things right. And you somehow come up with a way to to win the game. And they control the game on the ground. I mean, they out they not only did they have more rush attempts, but they had more rush yards. And they were able to, again, convert on third down at almost a rate of 50%, which is an outstanding number. Uh, so they're maintaining possession of the ball, right? So they didn't have to be flashy. They just had to make fewer errors than the other team. And uh, what a great start, man. That's exciting for that program. Uh, a couple of other thoughts before we move to what we saw from the SEC in Vanderbilt this weekend. Um, Sam Hartman will have a Heisman game against USC, I think. The college football Jesus says NH3425. A lot of people talking about Hartman uh, there for the Heisman after this weekend. He'll get some opportunities. They've got Ohio State in four weeks and then USC in October. That's a couple of big stage games for Sam Hartman. Again, all due respect to the ACC and Wake Forest. Uh, he, he went to Notre Dame to play in a bigger stage and he's got that with this schedule this year oh yeah and he's practically collecting social security i think he's 24 years old isn't he i mean for crying out loud i mean he, he's played a lot of football man and there's something to be said for that jim i don't i think sometimes we we don't give <clears throat> the credit's not the right word but we we don't give enough credence to the fact that like the more you play the older you are, the more advantages you have. I mean, it, it, we sometimes get caught up in the really super talented guy that's a freshman or a sophomore who's lighting the world on fire. And then you have this guy that was a developmental prospect, and nobody does it better in the country maybe than, than Dave Clawson at, at Wake Forest. And, you know, he had to play as a true freshman when Jamie Newman got hurt. Then he redshirted the next year. Then he gets the COVID year. And I, I honestly thought he was going to leave. I thought he – I really felt he was going to try his hand at the NFL and – um, he, is he a guy with an elite skill set? Probably not. He's just so darn efficient, and you're not going to show him anything he hasn't seen before, at least at this level. So you go into a game with tremendous advantages just from a, uh, an experience standpoint. Um, I, I, will, I will tell you this. Um, the guy who made the interception, Jeremiah Harris, for Jack State to end that game was a seventh-year walk-on. A seven-year walk. He walked on seven years ago, and so you talk about experience. He 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 had he had seen that pass for seven years, and you to jump that route <laughs> in the game. So you you got a great point yeah. there. 
Yeah. Yeah. It, it matters, man. It's like Frank Harris at UTSA. He's going into his seventh year. That's right. It's crazy. I mean, how many passes are you going to throw? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you would kill for a seven-year NFL career. Okay, Van, oh. Van, Vandy played SEC team. My one note, I mean, A.J. Swan, 258, three touchdowns. My one yeah. note on this was, boy, Vandy's offensive line looks like it really sucks. I'm not a football guy. Tell me, t- I wrote down sucks. What did you make of Vandy 35-28 over Hawaii? It looked like they had a hard time proje- protecting their quarterback against Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, they, they did. And again, that's where, where uh, Vanderbilt's going to have disadvantages, right? They're not going to have the caliber of player that you need to have to probably be able to consistently perform at a high level in the trenches in a line of scrimmage league, as we all know. So, um, again, week one, I think most teams make their greatest improvement between week one and week two. Now that you know a little bit more of who you are, live bullets are flying by and know more about your team and your players and how they react to things. And then you have something to coach off of too, right? It's not just going against each other in fall camp and you're just worn down to the point where you're just like, we don't even want to see our own team anymore. We just want to see somebody else. Well, now you have that. Now you have it to coach off of. Now you have it to get better. But you know what Vandy did? They didn't turn the ball over. Again, they didn't make mistakes. And was it pretty all the time? No. Um, you've heard me say this before. Not, you know, most games are, are lost. They're not won. Like you, you make more errors than the other team. And if talent is somewhat equitable – across the board, then that really becomes glaring is, is what are the mistakes, right? And so for the end of the day, would I be concerned if I'm Vanderbilt offensively with what they are in the offensive line? Absolutely. But at the same time, I think Vanderbilt's got a quarterback, man. Like the guy's pretty darn good. And, and, and he showed flashes of being pretty darn good last year. And AJ Swan is a freshman. So um, that's at least something to build upon. Yeah. There's no doubt Clark Lee, um, has improved that program. That's a jumping off point. And several people in the chat room says when you get a, you know, almost 90 minute delay to kick, you've already fired up and started going. Then you have to go sit for 90 minutes oh. and then rush through warmups. You've played the game. You coach the game at a high level and you've covered the games. Those weather delays, whether they're pregame or even once the game starts can really break the momentum, right? Oh, it's brutal. And I've been a part of it as a broadcaster, too. I had a bad storm at Ohio State one year, and we all had to, like, clear the field like even we did. And so it was that dangerous from a lightning standpoint. And it was probably a good 90 minutes, almost two hours, and you're just – you lose all energy, momentum. And then you're expected to just crank it right back up and go out there and be full throttle. And it's just everything – game day is so scheduled – down to the second from whether it's pregame meal to getting on the bus, to getting off the bus. When you arrive into that locker room, um, it's just, that's the nature of the sport, right? When you take that and you throw a wrench into that, it gets everybody off center. Everybody gets off schedule and it's not necessarily easy to recover from. Uh, San Diego State beat um, Ohio La Tech over FIU. Hank Bachmeyer now at La Tech. 
34 of 44, 333 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Uh, a good a, a good start for Hank Bogmeyer. He'll have to get better. We'll get to a look ahead to week one, Thursday through Monday, right after I tell you about our friends at Gutter Cap. Uh, this is Monday Morning Live, uh, brought to you, title sponsors, mybookie.ag. If you're just joining us, the show on audio platform will replay starting at the top of the hour. We'll end here at 7.57, a quick commercial break, and then at 8 Central, 9 Eastern, you'll get the total replay again all the way up until the next or next round live starts at 9 Central today. So that's the... Uh, if you've missed any of it, you know drives are 15 to 30 minutes long. You may have gotten in the car at 7.30 and said, man, I wish I'd heard what they said about USC and Notre Dame. Well, hang around. That's coming back to you at the top of the hour here as we jumped into those games. And this will be happening every Monday right here on this platform. CarPlay on TuneIn, uh, the Next Round app. Wherever you get the next round, you get Monday Morning Live brought to you by our friends at MyBookie. And the look ahead to the next week brought to you every week by our friends at GutterCap, the patented aluminum cover system that fits over most existing gutters to keep out debris and eliminate gutter cleaning. Backed with a lifetime warranty, almost 20 years of service record in Birmingham. Stay off that dangerous ladder forever. 45, 45% off retail price right now when you go to guttercapbirmingham.com, guttercapbirmingham.com. You call our good friend Chris Stewart now as well. He's up, 205-823-2212, 205-823-2212, com. Let's go first on that Thursday night, uh, Lugs. We have Cam Rising, number one on the depth chart. No confirmation that he's going to play against Florida, uh, but it is starting to trend that way. 7 o'clock on ESPN florida utah give me a quick look at that over the next seven minutes here let's hit a couple of these big games so um i I had utah twice last year late in the year and i have never seen a game stick in the craw of of kyle whittingham the way that florida game did last year and he kept saying kept reading goes we didn't play utah football we didn't we didn't play utah football and he was he was so angry about it because I think that there's such an identity led football team and when they didn't have that it just it just really irked him and so I think this one's been on the on the bulletin board now for obviously a calendar year and if Cam Rising can play Florida's going to get all all they can handle and I don't really know I know everybody's been down on Florida I don't quite know what to make of them is it a good thing that Graham Mertz who is marginally productive. Uh, at Wisconsin, although he was highly touted come out, is it a good thing that he won the job or is it more of an indictment on their quarterback room? And, you know, that can be a bit concerning, too, if you're Florida. I still think Florida will have some athlete advantages, um, but Florida doesn't know who they are as a program the way Utah does. So um, I like Utah on this one. Rice Eccles is a tough place to play. Thursday night, they're going to be cranked up there. Um, I, I, that's one of the games I'm really looking forward to this weekend. Uh, Billy Napier is hoping it's Alabama Clemson 2008 in Atlanta, the kickoff that all of a sudden that talent he's put together goes out there yeah. and they find their identity in 60 minutes against a really good football team. Also on Thursday night, Nebraska and Minnesota, seven o'clock on Fox. Minnesota is poised to have a good year. Matt Rule taking over program at Nebraska. I think I think Nebraska has a shot in this one, though it's a tough place to win, and Minnesota's good. Quick thought on that one. Don't trust the quarterback at Nebraska. I think uh, Jeff Sims teases you with physical talent, um, and then he lets you down with a lack of production. And we saw it time and time again at Georgia Tech. 
there would be moments where like, wow, maybe the light's finally going on with this guy. And then next thing you know, he would just regress. I, I don't think I would be surprised if he is their quarterback for the length of the season. I would really be surprised by that. And so I don't like going to this matchup where they are on offense. I was really surprised that they took him uh, in the transfer portal. And um, I don't think they'll be the better team on the field. So even though uh, Minnesota's got to replace some components, the one thing I think Minnesota's going to be able to do is run the football and run it really well. Monday morning live presented by mybookie.ag to the Saturday games. Even though Louisville, Georgia Tech could be fun Friday night in Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, Brent Key's got a chance to maybe pull an upset. Everybody's loving Jeff Brom. Both those guys coaching their school Friday night in Atlanta. That's Lugs' old school there. Uh, early games, Colorado, TCU, Virginia, Tennessee. Uh, both look good on paper as far as name brands, but uh, TCU and Tennessee, big advantages here, right? Huge advantages. Um, I, I think we're gonna we're gonna finally see for all of the hoopla and all of the hype uh, going into the off season with Deion Sanders in Colorado. It does not mask the fact that they don't have any players on that roster. And you think you thought UMass was the worst roster in college football? It may be Colorado's. Now I say that. Do they have a quarterback? Yes. Do they have two starting corners that could be NFL guys, and one of them plays both ways? Yes. They are so devoid of talent up front on both sides of the ball. I don't know how they're going to keep their quarterback upright. And um, it's going to be very interesting to see and watch Colorado because I think TCU is going to be really good. I'm, I'm not saying they're a college football playoff team, but what I am saying is they got better players than people think they do, and they did a really good job in the transfer portal with guys that can play, that have proven themselves, that have played before. And let's not you know forget that you know, when when you look at Chandler Morris, he had beat out Max Duggan last year at, at, at TCU. So I think they feel good about the quarterback spot. And Virginia is really down talent-wise, Jim. Um, now, I don't know which which Joe Milton we will see. Will, will we see the really talented guy that you would hire to overthrow a government? Probably. But at the same time, he better start completing more passes because for all of his, his talent and his gifts, he has been a very streaky player throughout his career. Uh, Ross says, I've enjoyed Monday morning live on this first uh, run through. Uh, can't wait awesome. for the weekend. Hope you're with us every Monday on your drive in Monday morning live presented by mybookie.ag. Blake says, Van Wilders playing football everywhere now. And instantly the conversation turns to Chris Winkie winning the Heisman Trophy when he was in his late. 40s or something like that. Uh, <laughs> several really good games. South Carolina, North Carolina, LSU, Florida State. An opportunity for Lugs to talk to both uh, LT and Brown on spinning Lugs and on ball as we move throughout the week on all the Disrupt the Media platforms. You'll get a chance to do that uh, with them throughout the week. This will be mostly big picture reaction. Uh, but if I did ask you, better chance of an upset this weekend uh, Boise State over Washington, West Virginia over Penn State, or Coastal Carolina over UCLA in 15 seconds. Pick one of them. Boise State over Washington. Uh-oh. I just they're they're always a pest, right? I mean, they just are. I, I, I think Coastal and, and 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 Coastal's got a quarterback, but they don't have UCLA's roster, so I think they're going to be outmanned a little bit there. Get what was the other one you gave me? Uh, Coastal and UCLA, West Virginia, Penn State. You got five seconds. Oh. Oh, Penn State, come on now. 
Penn State. Penn State, their excuses are running thin, man. Yeah, and they they are outclassed West Virginia. Big slate ahead. That's how we do Monday Morning Live right here, brought to you by MyBookie.ag, MyBookie.ag, promo code next round. He's Tom Luganbill. The replay starts at the top of the hour. Always there on YouTube for your viewing if you want to go back later tonight and catch that. Luke's, thank you, man. Enjoy your week. Until next time, God bless you. You too, man. God bless you. God bless America. Me too, buddy. See ya.